0: Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. Today's speaker is Dr. Beau Bruce. Last week on the Sunday within the octave of Corpus Christi, we talked about one of the things we do that keeps us away from encountering God. That is, we refuse to approach the altar at Communion because we fear that we are unworthy and the truth is of course that no matter how saintly we are we're always unworthy to approach and partake of the very body and blood of our lord and that's precisely why we need it we are what we eat and we want to be more like our god he gave us a way to approach the extraordinary in such an ordinary way because he wants to make himself accessible to us He wants to unite himself with us and we with him. And today's gospel can be interpreted as sort of a follow-up to last week. Here we have a parable where Jesus is responding to an exclamation by one of the guests at the dinner he is attending, who says, Blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. This week in that gospel parable, we hear several other ways that we keep ourselves from encountering God by not joining him for a sumptuous feast. I'd also like here to acknowledge an article on this passage by Father George Masuris of the Greek Orthodox and Archdiocese of America that provided some exceptional ideas for the sermon. So, in today's parable, Jesus tells us about the various excuses that several guests make about why they will not come to a great feast prepared for them. There's little doubt that this event was planned far in advance and that these folks had sent back their RSVPs. In biblical times, you may be surprised to hear that there was no maybe button between the going and not going buttons on Facebook. These folks had surely checked their calendars were clear and made a note that, so that they wouldn't plan to do something else. And any of us who have planned a big event know that things come up from time to time and that a few of the people who say they are not coming won't show up so people get sick accidents happen etc but when the host sends out his servant to gather the invitees there those are not the types of legitimate excuses that the servant gets in fact these are pretty lame lame excuses by any standard and the host is not just getting a few of these lame excuses but it seems like everyone is giving them the first says i have bought a piece of ground and i must go see it I pray thee have me excused. St. Gregory the Great says that this land represents earthly substance, and he that gives us excuse thinks only of worldly things. This first man reminds us that we too often insult God by being so wrapped up in the pursuit of worldly goods that we squeeze out our time to gain true wealth through worship and prayer. We make material wealth an idol that we worship instead of God. The second says, I bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee have me excused. St. Augustine says that the five yoke of oxen mean the five senses of the body. It is through these bodily senses that earthly things are sought for. Through allegory, St. Augustine suggests that the second man represents our wish to satisfy our sensual self rather than our spiritual self. And indeed, we too often choose ways to be half alive by satisfying our senses only, and not also our spirit. As Jesse Trotter says, we are running away forward into work, backward into tranquilizers, upward into fantasy, downward into depression, sideways into evasion and avoidance, all to avoid the wholeness for which something else in us so hungrily longs." End quote. We do this, I believe, largely because we are too short-sighted. We want instant gratification rather than eternal reward. Yet if we're truly honest, the ways we gain that gratification leaves us tired, hungover, unwell, sad, and grumpy. God does not want us to deny our physical bodies. After all, he made them and proclaimed them good, He merely wants us to use them rightly, and when we do, we feel refreshed, healthy, and happy. When we balance feeding our spiritual side, instead of being half-alive, we will be fully alive. And St. Irenaeus wrote in the second century that the glory of God is a person fully alive. The third man says, I've married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. At first, it seems to be a pretty legitimate excuse. Maybe they have a nice honeymoon plan to visit the Dead Sea. There's little doubt that this man has a Deuteronomic law in mind. When a man is newly married, he shall not go out with the army, neither shall any kind of business be opposed upon him. He shall be free at home one year to be happy with his wife whom he has taken. But there's one of the issues with this excuse is that when, is when we put other people above God. Our families are wonderful, and yes, there is no doubt that God charges us with being respectful to our parents, loving to our spouses, and caring of our children. Don't believe otherwise for a moment. For example, I cannot suddenly decide to become a monk and leave my wife a widow. However, there is always a tension that cannot be fully resolved. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets or as saint john said in his epistle today and this is his commandment that we should believe on the name of his son jesus christ and love one another as he gave us commandment love god love your neighbor but there's an ordering to these two laws that otherwise live most of the time in harmony anytime we choose to love our fellow human more than god we are loving neither god nor our neighbor. In this wonderful year that God granted to the newlyweds, free from other obligations, there really was no reason for choosing not to go to a feast that one had been invited to and agreed to attend. In fact, there was more time, fewer obligations than usual. Again, a lame and insulting excuse to the host. But the marriage presents another issue, as it could simply be a combination of both the hope to gain materially and sensually. Saint John Chrysostom has said if a man and a woman marry to satisfy their physical desires or to further the material aims of themselves and their families then the union is unlikely to bring blessings but if a man and a woman marry in order to bring, to be companions on the journey from earth to heaven then their union will bring great joy to themselves and to others Finally there's another common theme in all of these excuses novelty a new field new oxen and a new wife and yet all of these things would be around tomorrow but each of those making excuses fails to deal with the pressing present matter of something even more important how remarkable it is that we must attend to the present moment to experience the eternal an early 20th century Roman Catholic nun and mystic Faustina now a saint canonized by Rome said Only the present moment is precious to me. As the future may never enter my soul at all, O present moment, you belong to me whole and entire. I desire to use you as best as I can. Or as the psalmist said simply, Be still and know that I am God. The seeming paradox of being fully present in the present moment to experience the infinite and eternal is a false dichotomy. God is ever-present, fully present, in every moment. And all we are called to do is stop long enough to smell the roses. And yet we make excuses about how busy we are, how poor we are, or how whatever we are. Like the men in the parable, we make excuses that keep us away from God and away from reaching our fullest potential. There is an inscription in a 12th century cathedral in Lübeck, Germany, with a famous poem full of excuses so apt for today's gospel. It reads in English, You call me master and obey me not. You call me light and see me not. You call me way and walk not. You call me life and desire me not. You call me wise and follow me not. You call me fair and love me not. You call me rich and ask me not. You call me eternal and seek me not. You call me gracious and trust me not. You call me noble and serve me not. You call me mighty and honor me not. You call me just and fear me not. If I condemn you, blame me not. As Jesus tells us, we must be faithful in a little. And that little is in the infinitely tiny present. And when we are faithful in that little moment, we can be trusted with a lot an infinitely huge eternity. Jesus tells us if we act in the present, rather than burying what has been entrusted to us in the ground protecting it for tomorrow, then to us will be given more. We will gain eternal life. And let us be clear, eternal life with God is not material wealth, sensual pleasure, or anything we can even begin to understand with our earthly minds. It's not just a better place, it's the best place. I cannot begin to do justice to what full communion and a complete experience with the Creator of this incredible universe must be like, except to know that God's incredible love and forgiveness for me is a foretaste enough to know that faithfulness has already given me a bottomless gift. So if that's true, what will our futures hold? Like you, these men were invited to the feast, but they kept making excuses. God will not hesitate to invite others, and if you're here today and don't feel like you've been invited, I hope you will now consider yourself duly invited. There is plenty of room for everyone. In fact, there's even room for those who were invited to realize what a lame excuse they're making and change their minds. For the rest of us, what excuses are we making? We've just experienced the glorious events of Easter, the Ascension, and Pentecost. We've experienced these otherworldly events, and now we're here at the beginning of the season of Trinity, which is sometimes also called ordinary time, a time during which we mark off the ordering of time with a Christian flair, of course. But this time of the year calls us back to recognize the importance of the moment. Most moments are ordinary. We're not called up to seven heaven like Paul all too often. And the truth is that the extraordinary is largely accomplished in the ordinary. It's accomplished in the present. That ordinary moment we're experiencing right now. And therein, my brothers and sisters, lies our calling for today. A journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. What are some single steps we can take? daily prayer, taking time to read the scriptures, a discipline of silence, charitable actions towards our neighbor, who I think we should never forget all too often live under the same roof as us, our spouses and our children, our co-workers. We can regularly attend church services. There's always work to be done in those areas for each and every one of us. And don't bite off a thousand mile journey today. Just take a single step, to improve one area in your life this week that will make you more aware of God, who's already there in the present moment, where He always is, always waiting for you. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Talks at Advent. Homilies and Reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.